Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of If You Smell What The Arts Is Cooking. I'm your host, Archie Mitchell, and tonight we are going to be discussing the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw, as well as some Royal Rumble predictions, but that's not all. Oh, no, wait, there's more. We will have our normal quick hits and highlight reel to talk about NXT, AEW, and all the happenings in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, this is episode 85, in case you were just wondering. That's right, we do keep count on this show when it's necessary. And uh, tonight, I will not have a lot of the glitz and glamour with the in-between segments, uh, music and things like that. Um, sorry about that, I do apologize, but I wanted to get this out before the Royal Rumble and give you guys a chance to hear my thoughts, as I said, on Raw 30 and my Royal Rumble predictions. So, let's not waste any time. Let's go ahead and get into our quick hits for this week. And number one, starting us off with my favorite women's tag team ever, if you heard uh, what grinds my gears last week. Uh, the Bella Twins say WWE didn't mention Paige, Sasha Banks, or them, because they've made bigger names for themselves elsewhere. And reports started coming out that the Bella Twins did not like their booking for Raw 30, which is why they weren't there. Now, if you heard, if you smell what the arch is cooking last week, you know that I didn't want the Bella Twins there because I don't consider them legendary women's wrestlers. They were a botch fest. They hurt people. And everything that they did only was in an effort to get themselves over and not anybody else. Even when they were a part of the women's revolution, they were the ones in the outside looking in, where women like AJ Lee and the Four Horsewomen and Paige were in the inside doing all the work. For the Bellas to say that they and Soraya and Mercedes Monet made names for themselves elsewhere, well, yes, that's true. Soraya made a name for herself on Twitch. And now in AEW. And Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks, made a name for herself uh, doing Mandalorian and is now in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Where did the Bella Twins exactly make their name outside of the WWE? On Dancing with the Stars? Um, on this new show that's on USA with uh, Carson Daly and uh, that country and western singer? I mean, let's face it, they've never really been in any movies. They've never done anything that anybody could say, oh, they were great in that, or wow, that magazine cover. I think that they're allowing their egos to inflate their heads just as big as their boobs are inflated, and they're trying to get one over on the WWE in order to make some drama and in the hopes that the WWE bring them in for the Royal Rumble and allow them to maybe get a shot at the women's tag team titles. I've never understood the fuss about the Bella Twins. I see a lot of their male and female fans that they have clamoring for them to come back and win the women's tag team titles and saying that they should, you know, be the ones driving the, the, the car for the uh, women's tag team titles. I just don't get it. There are better women now in the WWE than there ever were, you know, save for Trish Stratus and Lita. And I just think that, you know, with the new crop of women, such as Rhea Ripley, Alexa Bliss, even Bianca Belair, <laughs> Bailey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Shayna Baszler. I could name every woman on the roster, and they are all better than the Bella Twins. 
So for them to get on their high horse and say that they didn't feel it was right that Paige and Sasha Banks weren't mentioned as creating the women's division uh, and making the women's revolution and that they've all made a bigger name for themselves and then to refuse booking by the WWE, well, ladies, stay at home. Raise your children, get married, do your reality TV shows that you're eventually going to do and be happy with yourselves because I, for one, and I think I speak for a lot of wrestling fans, don't want you back in the WWE, not even for a short period of time, because you guys suck. Number two, Rhea Ripley wants to compete in the Men's Royal Rumble this Saturday, and I'm all for it. Now, allow me to explain what I'd like to see happening, a little bit of a fantasy booking here. Rhea Ripley enters the Women's Royal Rumble, eliminates 10 women, which would give her the record for most eliminations, and wins the whole damn thing thus giving her a shot at either Bianca Belair or Charlotte Flair or even Roxanne Perez over in NXT. We saw Charlotte use her shot for an NXT title shot a couple of years back. And then during the Men's Royal Rumble, maybe at around number 17 or 18, out comes Rhea. And she has got a spot in the Men's Royal Rumble. The same way China, Beth Phoenix, and Karma had shots as well. I'm not saying Rhea has to win it, but I would like to see her maybe last till the final five or six, and I'd like to see them actually give us a shock that she could possibly win it, but does not win it, but at least puts up a damn good showing. You know, she has been a driving force with the Judgment Day. She has been great in the ring, and I kind of missed her for a little while when she wasn't in the ring during her whole health scare, so... I think the WWE owe it to her and to a lot of her fans to give her this opportunity. So with that being said, before we get into the highlight reel, I would like to implore you to please go ahead and check out all of the great shows here on WrestleNet Radio, such as A Slice of Time, the year that was uh, Reliving the Extreme, which I am a guest host on uh, this week, as well as uh, Mark Cindy Spotlight. And the Nothing But Trouble podcast, which I am one of the hosts on with my seven lifelong best friends, where we talk about a little bit of everything. So, enough of the cheap plugs. Let's go ahead and get into the highlight reel here. And from NXT, we had J.D. McDowell taking on Andre Chase. That was a really good knockdown, drag out on the mat wrestling match. And a little bit of uh, distraction from Charlie Dempsey as well as uh, Duke Hudson walking away, led to a J.D. win. Finally, he got his win because uh, he's been on a losing streak in NXT, and it was just a really good matchup. Also, the Creed brothers and uh, Ben Walker and um, Drew Gill come in at number two for their tag team match. 15 minutes of great catches-catch-can wrestling. Between all four, I didn't know that Walker was actually going to go ahead and start getting good on the ground, but I guess being around Drew Gulak, he's doing a damn fine job. Gulak got a little pissed off during the match and uh, went a little heavy, but the Creed brothers secure a great win, and uh, I can't wait for their matchup against Indusheer. And finally, number three, the Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller brawl, uh, which Braun Breaker went through the side panel wall of the outside area, one of the barricades. Grayson Waller has actually been a great antagonist for Braun Breaker and has been doing a fine job, although being annoying as fuck to me. 
Um, but <laughs> Grayson Waller has been doing a great job, and uh, I think that he and Braun Breaker are going to have a hell of a cage match uh, come Vengeance Day. So moving over to AEW now on the, here on the highlight reel. And we've got the team of Ricky Starks and Andrew Action Andretti uh, taking on Sammy Guevara and the man who created the highlight reel over on Monday Night Raw, Chris Jericho. Uh, great tag team match. All four men going at it. Jericho doing his best, but Guevara pulling the weight of the team. And uh, Starks and Andretti again proving that they can be a driving force in this business if they want to be. Jericho and Guevara get the underhanded win in a great opener for AEW Dynamite. Then Darby Allen took on Buddy Matthews with the TNT title online. A little bit of outside interference from the House of Black, Ortiz and Sting, but it was a damn fine one-on-one -on -one matchup. Matthews looked like he had it won, but then Darby turned it around, hit a really, really good coffin drop, and got the win. Brian Cage then tried to be the man to take uh, Brian Danielson off of his course of getting a shot at the AEW title. This was a war and mixed styles here as Brian Cage went for his monstrous, overpowering style. And then you had Brian Danielson, who was doing a fantastic job of his ground and pound and submission skills. He Danielson got the win and is one step closer to a shot at MJF in a 60-minute Ironman match. But then after the match... Cage and MJF decided they were going to take out Brian Danielson, working over his arm. And then he finally got saved by Takashita. And I'm wondering where the Blackpool Combat Club was. Have they completely deserted Brian Danielson here since William Regal is gone? Doesn't make any sense. And finally, number four for Dynamite, Jay Lethal taking on Mark Briscoe, as I talked about on the show last week. Jay Briscoe, Mark's older brother, passed away in a tragic car accident. And um, Mark wasn't really sure what he was going to do. AEW did a fantastic tribute all evening to Jay Briscoe, including a highlight package of his career with Mark. And then Mark and Jay Lethal had a great matchup in tribute to Jay Briscoe. Um, Mark got the win. We saw a froggy bow elbow on the outside to the table. And then Mark got the win inside the ring. The AEW uh, wrestlers came out to the stage to pay homage to Jay Briscoe and to congratulate Mark. And it was a very good feel-good moment. And considering what we saw last week, and we heard that you know uh, Warner Brothers were not going to allow Jay Briscoe to be mentioned on AEW because of past tweets and whatnot, and that there would be no tribute to him, AEW must have fought in tooth and nail to get it done this week. And I'm happy that they did. Mark Briscoe uh, deserves to see his brother get a tribute, and so do Jay's children, who are doing much better in the hospital after that tragic car accident. So, with that being said, <clears throat> no better time than the present. Let's go ahead and get into the Raw 30 review. This will be a full, full review this week, which is why AEW and NXT were on the highlight reel. And Hulk Hogan opens the show. Despite Mike problems, it gets it was great to see him, and uh, he hyped up the crowd pretty damn well. That Hogan pop got the job done. The opening video package was full of great moments and brought me back to a lot of memories I've been watching since the first episode in 1993, so tonight's show is very special to me. 
Uh, the tribal court of Sami Zayn was going to kick us off. Paul Heyman acted as lead counsel for Roman Reigns and the bloodline. And um, against Sami Zayn, he showed some footage that had Zayn looking like a traitor. Uh, I mean, you know, him celebrating after war games and allowing the bloodline and, and Roman to take beatings. Roman was ready for Solo to destroy Sami Zayn, but Jay Uso jumped up and produced his own footage and helped Sami Zayn out. Great segment with the big part still left open. Anything can happen between the bloodline at the Royal Rumble. I'm one really wondering what's going to happen here. Could Sami Zayn possibly win the Royal Rumble or be one of the last people eliminated? <laughs> Could he help Kevin Owens win or maybe cost Kevin Owens his you know, chance at winning the world title? Who knows? The Judgment Day then took on the Usos for the WWE Raw Tag Team titles. Uh, this was a pretty good tag match, even with Dominic looking terrible. The Usos and Priest did a great job, and the twist with Jimmy getting hurt and Sami Zayn taking his place was great, just as they did for the Judgment Day last week with Finn Balor getting injured and then Dominic Mysterio taking his place. I thought the Judgment Day had it won, but uh, then Jay and Sami hit the uh, day one and uh, got the win and a nice victory. Backstage segment with JBL and Baron Corbin, and apparently the Godfather is letting Corbin into the backstage party. Ron Simmons comes out, and after a payoff, Corbin is in the party, and it is a poker game. This should be good. LA Knight is in the ring. He calls out any legend in the back. To his surprise, it's The Undertaker, but not the dead man, the American Badass. That's right. The Undertaker rolled out his American Badass gimmick, would complete with motorcycle, came to the ring. LA Knight backed off, and then out came Bray Wyatt and forced Knight back into the ring. A goozle from The Undertaker turned into a sister Abigail by Bray Wyatt. Knight is down. The Undertaker then goes and whispers something in Bray Wyatt's ear and walks off, leaving the ring to Bray Wyatt. A lot of questions as to what The Undertaker said. I am under the belief that he told him that this is his yard now and passed the torch. But a lot of funny memes and a lot of different thoughts going on here, telling us that The Undertaker did, in fact, pass the torch to Bray Wyatt at Raw 30. Back at the poker game, and Medusa looks to have a hand won, but DDP shocks her with a straight flush. Tons of superstars and uh, legends are shown, and this has been great so far. Becky Lynch then was set to take on Bailey in a cage match, but Damage Control all got into the cage and destroyed Becky, and the match got thrown out. Apparently, the opening segment went too long, and this match got cut. What the fuck? Degeneration X then comes out and are joined by Kurt Angle. After the boys crack some jokes about Billy Gunn, they get interrupted by Imperium. Seth Rollins and the Street Profits come out to defend the X. Teddy Long makes a special uh, appearance to make a six-man tag match player. So it's Rollins and the Street Profits taking on Imperium. Great six-man tag with Kurt Angle as a special guest referee. Imperium was devastating with their chops and double-team moves, but Montez Fours and Angelo Dawkins fought back, and Seth Rollins delivered a huge pedigree. A huge double-team neckbreaker led to a curb stop, and Rollins gets the win for himself and the Street Profits here at Raw 30. We're back at the poker game again, and this time Baron Corbin beats Ted DiBiase in a hand with four aces. Before he can collect his money, though, IRS shows up and takes his piece. This leaves Corbin with 100 bucks and MDF laughing, uh, and I was as well. Anytime you get to see the Million Dollar Man and IRS together, and it's you know, some good old-fashioned fun, I'm for it. Bobby Lashley is with Kathy Kelly and is talking about his U.S. title match, but 
MVP shows up and offers him to help out once again. But Bobby again says no, this time not so politely. Ric Flair makes his entrance into the arena, and after a few nice words, he introduces his daughter, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte talks about her accomplishments and then gets interrupted by Bianca Belair. The two champions exchange pleasantries and then get interrupted by Sony Deville. Jesus Christ, this segment went way too long just to get to Bianca taking on Sonya Deville. So that's our next match, Bianca Belair taking on Sonya Deville, non-title. This wasn't that good of a match, a lot of waiting and resting and slow movements. Bianca gets the win, and I would have much rather had Becky and Bailey in a cage than to have this matchup. Post-match, Bianca cuts promo about Lexi Bliss, and her hair gets caught to the belt's Velcro. <laughs> uh, Lexi shows up on the big screen, lets Bianca know her intentions at the Royal Rumble. I kind of hope that Bianca, that the Alexa Bliss wins here at the Rumble because I'm tired of the Bianca Belair experiment. We get another vignette for Cody Rhodes, and he is will definitely return at the Royal Rumble. I hope this is the beginning of his push and no more obstacles get in his way. The Miz is in the ring bitching about not being involved in Raw 30, but he gets it. Kevin Owens comes out and stuns him to shut him up. Owens cuts a promo and says Roman Reigns is guilty of holding the WWE Universal title hostage for over two years. At the Rumble, he plans to do everything in his power to change that. He's planning on taking the title from Reigns or die trying. One last stunner to The Miz, and what a segment for KO. He is coming to his own, and I think he is doing an absolutely great job in his feud with uh, Roman Reigns. And then finally, our main event, Bobby Lashley taking on Austin Theory. Hard-fought matchup with Lashley throwing everything at Theory and the U.S. champion coming back for more. Theory showed just what he's made of in this main event and even got out of the hard lock. Lashley put Theory through a table, and then it happened, ladies and gentlemen. Brock Lesnar returned, and the crowd went wild. He F5'd Lashley and put Theory on top for the win. Absolutely unbelievable ending. In my opinion, great episode of Monday Night Raw. A lot of questions now with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Is this leading to something at the Rumble? Who knows? Never can tell. But I'm giving Raw a four out of five. It was a great show, but I had a couple of bumps as well. One bright spot, though. No Bella Twins. So that makes me happy. <laughs> so let's go ahead now and get into our Royal Rumble preview, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just a quick look at some of the matches and everything that's going to happen. And we're going to go ahead and start off with the Women's Royal Rumble. Between Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and some of the surprises, this should be a good Rumble. This is my favorite event of the year, so I hope it lives up to it. I'm predicting a Becky Lynch win here, uh, but I'm hoping for a Rhea Ripley win. And the reason I say that is because I think Becky's been out of the title picture for a little while since SummerSlam, and I think they're going to go with Charlotte and Becky again over on SmackDown. But if Rhea wins, I think she's going after Bianca, and it'll be Bianca and uh, Rhea at WrestleMania if Alexa doesn't win. LA Knight uh, and Bray Wyatt in that Mountain Dew pitch black match. I don't know what this match is because they haven't told us what a Mountain Dew pitch black match is. I'm hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst because I don't think they know what it is either. Wyatt has to win. It just makes sense. Predicting a Bray Wyatt win, hoping for a Bray Wyatt win. Alexa Bliss then challenges for the Women's Championship on Monday Night Raw at the Royal Rumble. I love uh, how they've transitioned Alexa back to her dark character because she was becoming stale. 
On the flip side, Bianca has become very stale and predictable. I want Bliss to win, and I think she will. Predicting an Alexa Bliss win, hoping that she does win as well. The men's Royal Rumble match uh, is one that I've been watching since the very beginning as well. Same thing here with the men's Rumble with all the talent they have and the surprises popping up. This could be the best Rumble we've seen in a long time. I'm convinced Cody Rhodes is going to win. But if not, I'm hoping The Rock does come back and wins it all, despite all the rumors and things he's been saying. Predicting Cody wins, hoping for The Rock to win if Cody does it. And then finally, the only other match that's been announced for this card, Kevin Owens taking out Roman Reigns for at least one of the titles. They haven't said if it's for one or both yet. You know, they've been hinting at it, but we're not exactly sure. Is it for the world title, the universal title, both? We're not sure. This could be Reigns' best title defense and Owens' best match in the WWE. Both these guys have a history, and this is great long-term storytelling. Hoping Owens goes over, but I have a feeling that, thanks to Sami Zayn, Reigns will retain. Prediction, Reigns wins, hoping for a Kevin Owens win. So, that's what we got coming to us at the Royal Rumble. I gotta be honest, I think with everything that's gonna be going down, I think it will be one of the better Royal Rumble matches, like I said, I predict a lot of surprises, a lot of legends, uh, maybe a few wrestlers who got fired during the pandemic that aren't working for any companies under a uh, you know contract. Um, we're definitely going to see a lot of people who are, are on the roster we haven't seen in the last few weeks or months. Like I'm thinking Matt Riddle could be back by then. It really has the makings for a great, great pay-per-view. Now... On to our last segment of the evening, and that is what grinds my gears. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. For the last two weeks, grumblings have been going on about Matt Cordona copywriting his woo-woo-woo catchphrase and the name Zack Ryder. For the last month, grumblings have been going on that Chelsea Green has basically signed back with the WWE and is due back in the Women's Royal Rumble match. Now, I had no problems with Chelsea Green, except that she's injury-prone. She's gotten hurt quite a few times when they were ready to give her her push in the WWE. And to me, that just screams, I'm green, and there's nothing you could do about it. I'm going to always be hurt. That's fine. But Matt Cordona is one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever had the unpleasure of meeting twice. I've explained that story before, both on this show and on the Nothing But Trouble podcast. And I think, in my humble opinion, that every company that he has ever gone to has only kept him around for a short time, besides the WWE, because he is a locker room cancer. He went to AEW, he signed an eight-match deal, eight appearance deal. He made those eight appearances and matches, and then he was gone. They never thought to sign him again. He went to the NWA. They made him the World Heavyweight Champion. They made this big deal out about him. He got injured. He refused to give up the title. Maybe it was storyline only, but he cost the NWA Nick Albus. And in my opinion, that's a pretty big thing. And now he just flounders in the NWA and is doing some crap storylines. He was in GCW. He won the world title. Pissed off Nick Gage. We know that the fans couldn't stand him. That's fine and well. 
but he didn't do anything of words being the king of deathmatch. And now he's in Impact, where he and Brian Myers are doing the same old shtick that they've been doing since day one. I do not want to see him back in the WWE. I think that he is trademarking these things, because even if Chelsea Green did get signed and is coming back, he's hoping the WWE will do the same for him. But if not, he knows that he owns these trademarks now because the WWE finally let them go. And that he could use them for his toy line and for merchandise reasons on pro wrestling tees and so on and so forth. I also think that Matt Cordona is looking for any chance to get back into the WWE. And he was fired long before any of the BS that started with just firing mass amounts of people. So I don't think they owe him anything. And I don't think that he has any unfinished business in the WWE. I think that he needs to stay as far and away as possible. Matt Cordona was a charity case in the WWE, and I feel they only gave him the opportunities that they did because he would weasel his way into being friends with John Cena or a CM Punk or whoever was on top at the time. He was like a modern-day Brutus Beefcake, let's be honest. And I do not want to see him back. I do not want to see him on my channel going, woo, 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 you know it. I made a name for myself on the Indies Nomad. You made a clown out of yourself. Yeah, you won the NWA title. You were the worst NWA champion I've ever seen. And the current champion is Tyrus. You won the GCW title. Congratulations, you won the title of an Outlaw Bud Show. You have never even been close to winning the Impact title. You were never even close to winning the WWE t title. And the indie shows that you've been on barely drew. So please, Matt, for the love of God and everything that's holy, don't come back to the WWE. Because nobody wants you here. The same way nobody wants your major bendems or any of your elite figures that you're making yourself or cutting deals with Super 7 and Powertown and all those other toy companies. Nobody gives a shit about you, Matt Cordona. You make them attempt to give a shit about you, and then you mess it all up. We don't want you back. I know I, for one, don't want you back. So, with that being said, I'd like to thank you guys for joining me. It's been another great show. I'm happy to be here. I will be back next week with our normal, regularly scheduled programming of NXT and AEW show reviews. Raw and SmackDown on the highlight reel. I will give a review for the Royal Rumble as well. And of course, we'll have some quick hits and another grinds my gears. So I will see you next time on If You Smell. What the arch is. <laughs>